guys, I'm not Pastor Ross this morning. As they were saying that they are on a trip to Haiti. So Auburn, our middle child, well, she's not middle anymore, is she? Let's see, what is she? She's number two. Our number two child (laughs) is in Haiti with Ross today. And so I'm really excited to hear the stories they're going to have when they come back. But real quick, I just want to throw Pastor Brantley under the bus. Is he? He's here. He's gone. Yes. Well, basically, when Ross and I were talking about this Sunday that he was going to be gone, um, you know, he had said that, you know, he'll have Pastor Brantley do the speaking. And I was, you know, like, hey, he's going to need help because Hannah's on the mission field, and he's going to need help with the kids. So why don't you see if, if he wants me to keep the kids so that he can be all rested and ready, you know, to preach on Sunday and that sort of thing. So he calls Pastor Brantley up, and I hear him talking in the other room, and it went something like this. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot you were doing discipleship downstairs. Yeah. All right. You, you know what? Don't worry about it. Amy will do it. <laughs> Which I'm, I really am honored to be up here, but it was just funny because I'm like, I didn't sign up for that. How did going from helping him with his kids go from, well, you know what? You just take it over. So here I am. <laughs> oh, thank you. But how many of you all have had God reveal something to you in a peculiar way that isn't necessarily when you're praying or worshiping or in a church service to where you could really make the connection? It's been maybe while you're driving and your mind is a million miles away, or maybe it's while you're yelling at the kids and you're like, oh, yeah, that was God. That was a weird moment to be telling me that, but I hear you, God. Um, Or maybe, you know, shaving, you know, something crazy like that. Just practical life things you're doing and you hear from God in an unusual way, but you know that it's him. And I just wanted to, this morning I wanted to talk about that, but uh, have you you guys seen the movie Kung Fu Panda? How many of you guys have seen that movie? Uh, Unfortunately, I heard that. (laughs) Well, I brought a clip today I want to share with you guys, but before we show the clip, you can't tell Ross that I brought this, okay, because... What's funny is this panda reminds me so much of Ross, this little, this little furry panda, and, and how he just, you know, he's so oblivious to things around him, but he's so excited about, you know, getting to the cookie, and it was so much like what we kind of felt like when we came here to Atlanta to plant the church. We knew what, you know, we were, we were you know, on focus as far as wanting to obtain what God had for us here and plant the church, but just not sure how that was all going to pan out. We were kind of just oblivious to everything around us. And so I brought this clip I want to show you real quick. What? I eat when I'm upset, okay? Oh, no need to explain. I just thought you might be monkey. He hides his almond cookies on the top shelf. I know, I disgust you. No, no, I mean, how did you get up there? I don't know, I guess, I don't know, I was getting a cookie. (laughs) Oh my goodness, so throughout the whole movie, I just can't help but parallel the two with my little Ross, and, and even this like little Mr. Miyagi, like, I don't know what kind of rack thing that was, that was kind of his little, you know, his little trainer or whatever, but just seeing some similarities with, you know, just not knowing exactly 
he was made for something great and to, to fulfill what God had for him, but just not sure what that was going to look like. Um, and so I actually did tell Ross I was going to share this today. I didn't want to totally, because see, I, I can't throw him under the bus. I live with him. So I had to tell him that. But, you know, the, the whole time we're watching this movie, I, I just, it's crazy. And so we go home. And the kids are off playing or whatnot, and, and Ross is in the bedroom, and he's, I don't know if he's on his phone or reading or something, but I just remember feeling that parallel um, between the movie and just that place in our life where we were. And I remember sitting on the side of the bed, and I just started praying, and the word that God gave me was, stand, don't move. You're right where you're supposed to be. And that was really important to us at that moment because we were at a place where, you know, we wanted to stand, but we just were uncertain. We were uncertain exactly what that was going to look like, how long, or just, we were, we just were oblivious and not sure exactly how that was going to all pan out moving here. And when he spoke that word, stand, don't move, you are right where you're supposed to be. It was liberating because it just gave us focus and assurance. And so it's just crazy how God will drop something in your heart at just a weird, unspiritual moment like a movie theater. And so that, that was really important. And I really believe that today's sermon is that of standing. I, I wanted to title it Stand because, you know, whenever you stand for something, it, it just it brings forth fruit. And so as it brings forth fruit, um, it just, it, it connects you to what your purpose is. And so I really feel that God has a few areas that he wants us collectively as a church to stand in. And the first one is our calling. Now, being called unto salvation, we're all called to that. We come to the things of Christ, we accept Jesus into our heart. And we live for him, we read the word, we get around like-minded believers, we start journeying together, and then God starts stirring our hearts. And that stirring is a calling that God is calling you specifically for. It might be something that you, you just know that you know at that moment. Or it could be something that you're just not quite sure of, but you know you see it down the road, but there is definitely a calling. And God is telling you, church, today to stand on that. And the verse I want to use is in Exodus 4. If we could turn in our Bibles in Exodus. And this is at a place where God is talking. He's speaking to Moses in the burning bush while he's out shepherding because he had just, well, actually, for 40, the first 40 years, he was in the palace seeing God's people and, and just, you know, treating him as slaves, and so it really angered him, and he actually killed one of the Egyptians and then fled. So he's on the backside of this wilderness, and he's shepherding. And then God comes to him in the form of a burning bush, and he speaks to him. And so this is where I want to I talk right here, because Moses is just trying to get out of it, because, you know, it's, it's, I mean, how often does God come to you in a burning bush? I mean, it's just kind of a crazy concept. And so for him, this, this is what's going on. So in verse 11, it says, so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now, therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. 
So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and look, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him, and I will put words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. You know, Moses was just, you know, his occupation was being a shepherd at the moment. Now he's supposed to go back to Egypt and, and, and lead these people into the promised land where God was saying to take them. And what about his speech? You know, what about the way, you know, he really struggled with his speech, whether it was stammering or stuttering, whatever it was. Moses was very uncertain of his calling. And that's where I want to, I just, the thing that really stuck out to me was, um, let me see where I put this. Um, sorry, guys, I had a really good point. Um, <laughs> see, I wrote my sermon out wrong. Or not wrong, but like different sizes. And now I'm trying to figure out. I'll just blame it on I can't see and I need reading glasses. Basically, what I'm trying to say is there's times where God has called you and you feel ill-equipped. And you don't feel like what he's calling you to is something you're capable of doing. But you know what? That doesn't expire. That, that timing that he has, it says that his giftings and callings are without repentance. Okay, now I know that's talking about the Jews and Gentiles coming into salvation. But if we look at that, I really believe it's the calling God is calling you specifically to stand on. And so he's going to equip you just like he did Moses. You know, Moses is trying to talk himself out of why he can't do this. But God says, you know what, I don't care. You go and I will tell you what to speak. And what's cool is that God brings Aaron along, who can speak a little bit more fluent, and he, he's able to speak to the people. And so God doesn't over, you know, bypass Moses to get to Aaron and say, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to forget about calling you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Aaron next. He still speaks to Moses first, and then he equips him by sending him Aaron. And I just thought that was really good because I don't know where you're at and you're stirring or what God is calling you to. But God is not going to overlook you because you have made yourself incapable, or not made yourself, but you've, you've found that you feel incapable of doing it. It's not going to expire. He's still wanting to call you. And so that's the first area I really feel like God is telling you to stand in, is your calling. And the second one is in unity. I think it's very important because when we look at unity, it's not that we just agree with everyone around us. It's that it's, we're joined together to become whole. And so when you look at wholeness and you look at unity, God's calling us to be completely whole in him, okay? And so, you know, there's times we're going to see people walking around and you know their story. You know where they're broken and where they're struggling, but yet they come with such wholeness and such unity to others, and God, that's what he wants of you. And so I want to look at Psalm 133. And it says, behold, in verse 1, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard of, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains to Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Commanded the blessing. So if we look 
if we break it down, if we look at that first part in chapter, uh, or in verse 2, you know, it talks about the oil, and that represents the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Okay, so we look at the oil of unity covering us. So guys, if you just don't feel like you're an agreeable person, or you just struggle with unity, it's okay. God's got your back. Because it's not going to be in, remember we talked about that before, it's not in your weakness, but in your weakness he is made strong. So he's not going to, he's going to equip you past your weakness, and he's going to make you strong. He's going to give you that unity you need to have with one another. Church, we are what the world sees as far as Christ. And so if we're not unified, we're not really promoting a message of hope or of wholeness. We are called to live and to stand completely whole in him. And that second part in Mount Hermon, it, or Hermon, it's like the dew that descends. And so if you look at what <laughs> dew does, does that make sense? Probably not. But dew, when it, when it comes down, you know, it refreshes. You know, you see that early morning dew on the ground. And it's compared to just a refreshing and, and the unity that God gives you to others. I also think that it can cool. It, 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 um, how did I put that in my notes? Just, it, sometimes there's heated discussion that only the, the unity, the coolness of like what dew does to the ground also brings to that heated tongue when you're in conversation. Here it says, or what you don't say. You know, and so that's really important. And so there it says, in the last part of that, that chapter, there God commands a blessing. You know, it's not that God's looking for a blessing to give you. It's not that he's going to orchestrate, but he commands. That's a pretty strong thing. He's going to bring wholeness to you and your unity with others. And then the last one I want to share with you is to stand in battle. You know, at some point, we're all going to face a battle in our life. Whether that's we're just walking along and all of a sudden we just don't even see where it had come from. But all of a sudden we're in this battle. And we're struggling with even knowing who's on our side. What's the enemy? It's just, it's coming at you and it's so frustrating. And now I'm, tr I'm telling you guys you need to stand in battle. You know, the, the last thing you want to do is just be a target. But God is calling us to stand in battle, but he doesn't just leave us there. And so I want to look at 2 Chronicles. This, ver or this passage really impacted the way I see battle that we go through as believers. In 2 Chronicles 20, if you want to turn in your Bibles, starting in verse 15. We want to look at just what God is telling um, the people, God's chosen people, uh, in Judah, and, and just to tell them, you know, he has a battle plan, and that if they will listen to him, he's going to give them instructions on what they need to do. And so this is him. This is the Spirit of the Lord speaking. And he said, listen, all you Judah and your inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, the enemies around you it's talking about. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And we could, stay, we could stop there, and that would be encouraging to hear. That it's not our battle. Even though we're in the battle, it's not ours. It's the Lord's. Okay? And then uh, if you jump down to verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves 
Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And then if you look over to verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and your inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And then in verse 21, And when he had consulted with the people, he had appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endure forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Your song in battle, God felt it was that important to have a song to go forward in that battle. He's telling you, church, he wants you to stand in battle, yes, but he wants the song that's in your heart. He is the author and finisher of our faith, but he, that, he is going to give us the song that we need in our hearts to go forth in battle. So we're not just a standing target, but we have come into a place where we can stand. And the worship that we corporately do in this place, church, it is vital and it is beautiful. But he wants you to take that song out of these four walls and he wants you to sing as you go into battle you need a song of deliverance you need a song of victory you need a song of clarity when you're confused you need a song just on your lips it's going to just between you and God that nobody else understands but it is clearly important or else God would not have told them to send those worshipers out first so please church this hit me hard, as just personally, that God wants us to have a song to sing from the inside. He will equip you. Church, he wants you to stand. Don't move. You are right where you're supposed to be. He's going to, the calling that he's giving you, he wants to equip you as you stand. The unity, the wholeness that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to your life to touch others. We don't have a lot of time left. Our unity is vital. The power of the Holy Spirit wants to make you whole in unity. And finally, to stand in battle and you sing your song. You sing it as you're in here and you take it out and you sing as you go to battle. Your enemy will be defeated. It's going to bring forth victory. Let's pray. Jesus, I know I'm not as long-winded as Ross, but God, I thank you, Jesus, for the word that you've given. Lord, for this church, God, you have a purpose and a plan. Yes, you have called momentum unto salvation, but God, you have called them and have stirred their hearts. God, you have a purpose and a direction and a plan for them individually, God. And you want them to stand in the calling that you have for them. In their weakness, you are strong. You are going to equip them, God. In unity, you're going to equip them, God. You're going to give them the power of the Holy Spirit to rest on their lives like that oil that just covers them, God. You're going to make them whole as others see something different than their brokenness. 
And God, as they're in battle, Lord, you're not just telling them to stand in battle and just wait. God, you are calling them to go forward with praise. You have a song that you want to declare from their insides, Lord. You want to declare victory through their praise and their worship as they go forward, Jesus. And I thank you for this word that you have for the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.